Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Wednesday, February 24th. Today on the show, Tennessee and Vanderbilt take center stage. The Preds have an actual winning streak, and the Titans' franchise tag decision is super easy. But we begin with what could be the next and final chapter in the Isaiah Wilson Titans saga. The 440 is brought to you by my wonderful friends, the Kingston Group. They are a custom home and remodeling firm here in Nashville and have been doing the work for over a decade. And look, frankly, you guys know how difficult it is to find really good contractors and people that you trust, people that buy into your vision as much as you do, people that care about your home as much as you do. And that's what the Kingston Group does. These are people and folks that care deeply about their work. They're going to give you high quality product because they've thought through everything on the front end. They've talked with you about it. Their in-house design team is one of the few in Nashville, and it allows them to deliver their product on budget without any unexpected surprises. It's why my family uses the Kingston Group, and it's why you should too. Check out the website, buildkg.com, folks, buildkg.com. You'll see all kinds of cool stuff there. Absolutely, the work speaks for itself. Just go check it out, buildkg.com. We'll get to the franchise tag and what it means for the Titans coming up in just a second, but we got to start with Isaiah Wilson tweeting. Look, as a walking middle-aged dad joke, there are lots of things that I do not understand. I don't understand wearing beanies and scarves in the summertime. I don't understand pants that stop four inches above your shoes. They're not even really pants at that point. I don't understand the uncontrollable urge to invent new ways to say something is awesome. But something that I think transcends generations and backgrounds of understanding is pissing away a chance at generational wealth. Titans tackle Isaiah Wilson tweeted late Monday night, quote, I'm done with football as a Titan, no further comments, only to then delete it like 15 minutes later, but I guess the damage had already been done. In the grand scheme of things, a silly tweet is nothing compared to, say, trashing your car on a busy road while intoxicated, or trying to jump off a second-story balcony, or partying on social media unmasked during a deadly pandemic while your team is making a playoff push four states away. None of us can pretend to understand what Wilson is thinking because it just doesn't make any sense. He is actively throwing away a lottery ticket given to him by God himself for what? A few nights of drinking and smoking? Obviously, if he is dealing with something more serious on a personal level, that's different. It's irresponsible for anyone to speculate if and what that may be. But if it's something serious, then there are ways to get help and manage it. Thank God we no longer stigmatize mental health stuff. But if it's not then it's just sheer stupidity and immaturity that could cost Wilson tens of millions of dollars. So where do we go from here? Well, Wilson is still listed on the Titans' website, and John Robinson has been noticeably mum on the issue for essentially the entire time Wilson has been on his team, although he did mention last week that basically the ball's in Wilson's court if he wants to be on the team. The rookie said all of the right things when he was drafted last year, and this entire drama certainly raises questions about John Robinson's vetting process. Most of the draft class last year didn't contribute in their first season. Now, Robinson is largely responsible for the entire turnaround of the Titans franchise, so let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater here. And scouting during the first big surge of the pandemic last year was likely a very difficult process. But it feels like it's time that he needs to make a big decision with Wilson. Can the Titans cut ties with him for cause and recoup some of that money? It seems like there's a pretty large case file filled with a lot of evidence right now that would allow them to do something along those lines. At the minimum, the team could save $2.6 million off of the cap this year if he were to quit or they were to cut him. But Wilson's suspension last year alone might also void some of the guaranteed money as well. 
Robinson in the past has shown an endearing quality to admit mistakes and move on quickly. Kevin Dodd and Josh Klein come to mind. But a first-round pick after one season with so much raw upside? That's a lot tougher pill to swallow. And it would be easily Robinson's biggest mistake as the Titans GM to date. Wilson played four snaps in 2020, three of them in the victory formation. Young people need guidance, need help all the time. But sometimes, and I know I'm going fully-fledged middle-aged dad here, but sometimes that help needs to come in the form of learning the hard way. The NFL franchise tag window opened on Tuesday and will run for a few weeks until March 9th. During this time, NFL teams can elect to tag players, and there are more than a few in-house free agents that the Titans might want to tag should they want to go down this route. While there's a long list of players the Titans would love to keep, Corey Davis, Jayon Brown, Desmond King, Daquan Jones, and Jonu Smith, only one name makes any sense at all when it comes to the franchise tag, and that is tight end Jonu Smith. His franchise tag value would be a hair over $10 million per year, and the transition tag would be about $8.5 million. Compare that to the other names on the list. Corey Davis would be worth between 14 and 16 million. No thanks. Jayon Brown would be tagged around 13 to 15 million. Nope. Desmond King or Daquan Jones for 14 million dollars? Come on, seriously. Smith is the only one that really makes any sense at all to tag. And frankly, about a $9 million contract is probably what he would be worth to the Titans or on the open market. The plan seems pretty straightforward once again. Franchise tag Johnu Smith, re-sign Jayon Brown to a new, longer contract, let Corey Davis walk, unfortunately, and re-sign either King or Jones, depending on the other roster moves you might want to make. This is the most obvious plan, so if John Robinson does have a habit of doing the obviously smart thing, that whole Isaiah Wilson thing aside, of course. The Nashville Predators are going streaking, folks. That's two straight wins and four straight points for the Preds after a 2-0 win on Tuesday night over Detroit on the road. They will play again on Thursday evening. Here are some quick thoughts for you guys. Philip Forsberg is doing his best to A, somehow keep his team's playoff chances alive, and B, increase his value on the open market before the trade deadline. After nothing from either team in the first two periods, Forsberg delivered a goal and a beautiful assist to give the Preds a two-goal lead in the third period, and they never looked back. Clearly, this is the team's best period. Also, both goals came on the anemic power play, which is starting to show some signs of life. Forsberg now has 17 points in 18 games and is showing us that point-per-game talent we've all been talking about for years. I sure hope that doesn't get him shipped out of town. More on that in a moment. Ryan Johansson was back in the lineup, but was slotted on the third line outside of Ellie Tolvanen and Nick Cousins. Ellie Tolvanen, by the way, did score his second goal of the season. He's got one hell of a shot. Pekka Rene got the start and was solid once again. Through 18 games, Rene has now started nine games, and UC Saros has started nine games. And Pekka has been statistically the better player by a fairly large margin. For a whole lot more Nashville Predators talk, make sure you're tuning in every Wednesday to the Gold Standard Podcast from 440 Sports with myself and the Athletics' Adam Vingan. Should the Preds even consider trading Forsberg? Who should be off limits at the deadline? Can this team actually work its way back into the playoff hunt? All that good stuff and some heated debates about Frosties as well on this week's episode. That's the kind of stuff you get from 440 Sports and the Gold Standard. Out on Wednesdays, everywhere podcasts are found. In the hoops world, Tuesday night's Kentucky-Texas A&M game was postponed, and the Belmont Bruins and Memphis Grizzlies don't play again until Thursday night. So all eyes will be focused on Vanderbilt, Tennessee on Wednesday night in Memorial Gymnasium. Tip time, 8 p.m. Central Time. 
These two rivals have had one game postponed already this year and played one other time in Thompson Bowling Arena over a month ago in a 20-point win for the Volunteers. You could easily argue that since then, Tennessee has gotten worse. They are 5-5 five and five since that game. And Vanderbilt has gotten mildly better. Both of the Doors' SEC wins have come since that loss, and Vandy played two of their best games of the season last week in close losses to Alabama and Kentucky. The Vols have won seven straight over Vanderbilt by an average margin of 11 points and are clearly the better team in this matchup. However, with the two teams trending in possible opposite directions, Vanderbilt being at home and having the best player on the floor, Scottie Pippen Jr., I think this game will be much closer than the experts are predicting. A win for Jerry Stackhouse would be a signature victory and would signal that the Commodores' improved play is legit. A loss for Tennessee only continues to amplify the major upside questions swirling around this team. If Rick Barnes wants to hear the words Final Four ever mentioned about his team this year again, well, there is no more time for inconsistency. The run has to begin this week. The 440 is brought to you for free every morning by the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned, award-winning, custom home and remodeling firm. We here on 440 Sports are all about critical thinking. And if you're going to build a house or undertake some massive remodel on your home, probably going to cost a whole lot of money, and it's going to take a lot of planning, which means you need critical thinking. And this is why we recommend the Kingston Group. It takes critical thinking to organize a budget. It takes critical thinking to align communication. It takes critical thinking to do all of these things so that your vision for your home is aligned with their trusted process and you get exactly what you paid for at the end of the day. This is why we recommend the Kingston Group. Check out their website. Let their work do the talking. I've said it before. You'll love what you see. It's interior porn, people. BuildKG.com. The 440 is a production of 440 Media. Written and produced by Braden Gall. Music by William Tyler. <laughs>